Since iTunes only keeps the last 100 episodes of any show, some of our show topics that seem to help the most people are no longer available when people search on iTunes. So, in an effort to make that information available to more people, from time to time we're going to re-air some of our most popular show topics. You can also go to kickitnaturally.com and search for any topic in our search box. For now, enjoy this show that originally aired in 2014. T.C. Hill is not a doctor and does not claim to be a doctor or licensed in any type of medical field. Don't be an idiot and use anything heard on the show as medical advice. This information should be used for educational purposes only and you should contact your doctor for any medical advice. Now get off me. Welcome to Kick It Naturally. I'm Kenna McEnroe and I'm here with T.C. Hale, author, natural health expert. Show on. Show on. We're doing Kenna's show. Yeah, this is my Most show today, people, so you have me to thank for it, all you women out there. You're going to like this topic, and some men, I'm sure. Uh, we also have Hottie Patati Will Schmidt with us here today. Hi. Hi, Will. Will's getting a new car. Women women Good. will also like Will Schmidt, uh-huh. too. Yeah. And some men. And my yeah. new car. That's yeah. pretty New funny. wheels. Yeah. yeah. Good times. So, are you just going to drive around with your shirt off? Well, it's not a convertible. Oh. And the AC works really well, so I don't know if I'll need to do oh. that. Oh, darn. So. I'm going to siphon out all the Freon. Okay. <laughs> okay, so if you Stop haven't. It. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's, I that's, used to do that in Level End. That's another that's, show. That's like dedication to being creepy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. You know, we, we had that whole thing where we huffed Freon in high school. Awful. Awful thing to do. Don't do ever try do that. Yeah, yeah, it'll freeze your lungs. But <laughs> yeah. we were bored, you know. We were <laughs> how is that entertaining? How is that better? I than remember that that happened. For like when 60 was, seconds, yeah. you're really, Freon? really stoned for like 60 seconds. But the bad thing is, is I got nearly my whole high school hooked. So like at lunchtime, <laughs> you would see all the hoods popped in the cars and in their little parking wow, lot. Wow, that just seems like such a horrible idea. It really yeah. was. And it can kill you instantly. So don't try this at yeah, home. Yeah, your lungs freeze. And the good news is, <laughs> the good news is that this is not today's show topic, and no. we don't we don't have any questions on <laughs> no. On but I just think that I could have probably been a genius though, because just think of all the brain cells I killed, and oh my gosh, I right. can still function. And you're still yeah. yeah. Good job. Okay, yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> don't don't do that. Uh, but today's show topic is drum roll please, varicose veins and spider veins. I get in trouble if I drum roll on desks okay, and the microphone. Okay, so we stuff. just yeah. drum roll on your head. Well, um, and if you haven't liked us yet on Facebook, go to Kick It In The Nuts. That's where we post all of our future show topics, and you guys can weigh in with all your questions, or you can even give us an idea for a show topic, and we'll uh, try to accommodate you on that. We're, we're accommodating. Mm-hmm. Are we going to give them the new? Yeah, you could do that, too. You could also go to Facebook and just go to Kick It Naturally. We did. We just launched a brand-new page for just the show, and it was because – Facebook. We didn't have enough pages already. Yeah, we we have two hundred thirty thousand followers on our Kick It in the Nuts page, and yeah. Facebook called us and said, "Look, you have way too many fans for such a ridiculous name. We're not going to allow you to have any more fans." So we started a new page just for the show, so that we can still have fans for the show. I know Mark and I were at lunch the other day, and he was like, "You know, I've never seen a page blow up like your guys' page. You know, 
I'm kidding. I don't know Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, so, oh, so it's like Mark who? <laughs> yeah, oh, we're on first name Zucky? basis. Yeah, Zucky and Zucky. I were at lunch. Um, so, anywho, what are we going to do here? Are we going to talk about it first? You want me to ask questions? I think we can get right into questions because I think you and Brian had questions that can kind of help us like uh, get into it a little okay. bit. Okay. Kenna from Los Angeles, California. That's you. That's me. Uh, yes. Can you get rid of spider veins naturally without laser surgery? No. Next question. Okay. I'm making an appointment today. Uh, Brian, is there a way to reverse varicose veins? I have had laser surgery on both legs a few years ago. Since then, I've had varicose veins return in both legs in different places. I was wondering if Vacuzyme would be beneficial. Vascuzyme. Vascuzyme. So there's a couple things here. One important thing to to oh, talk about. Tony was kidding when he said no. By the way. Yeah, uh, we're going to actually talk about some ways to fix yeah. varicose People vein. just turned off the program. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. I'm when going direct- to make an appointment. <laughs> that was our quickest show ever, um, and uh, and it was sponsored by Lasers R Us. <laughs> <laughs> um, Most insurance PPOs will cover it. Yeah. Good job. And uh, so. One thing that, that happens a lot is that when people have the surgeries is that they get them again. And they're like, oh, I, got, I totally got ripped off. Why, why did that happen? So we'll, we'll talk about why that happens a little bit. Um, but first I want to cover the Vascuzyme thing. Um, Vascuzyme, it's an empirical labs supplement and it's basically an enzyme that it's only available through health coaches. Like a, a consumer can't buy it or anything. Um, it's a little more advanced, but, I don't think that this would be super beneficial for varicose veins. And when we talk about why varicose veins happen, um, you'll see that this wouldn't be that helpful. This is more helpful for, um, you know, clearing out clogged arteries and stuff like that. It kind of is an enzyme that can help clear all that junk out and can help things flow a little bit better. But with varicose veins, even though it looks like it's just, horribly gone wrong and everything's all backed up and exploding almost it's not always a so much of a flow thing as it is a, a structural issue and other things going wrong um so let's start looking at a couple things uh that can create and we'll talk about spider veins too i mean because so what's the difference the varicose veins are the big bulgy ones and the spider veins are just the little bitty like blue veins or red veins and all sometimes over your red face too. Yeah. and your nose and face and legs, legs are the and, most yeah. common places yeah. where you're going to see spider veins. my feet which i read this article and then i got scared because it said something about diabetes about that you're almost dead or something that I'm di- and you know i always think i'm dying every time i read an article or every time at the end of the show we have to go over all the reasons why Kenna's not about to die yeah. that we just talked yeah. about on the show we should do a separate show just that you know? <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so, uh, but yeah, the varicose veins are the ones that like they're sticking out from mm-hmm. your skin. They're kind of bulging and protruding. So it's like braille on your legs. Yeah, and really they're very thick. And they can even be painful and can really cause major problems for a lot of people and can be debilitating. But I, I read something that said like 2.5 million Americans are disabled every year from varicose veins. Wow. So that's a lot more popular than I thought. And that might have to do with why everybody's been screaming at us to do this show. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could say disabled from that. I I would say it's more like the concurrent complications of what's going on metabolically. It's not like you can't go to work because your veins look weird. But it can it can cause like actual clotting and all kinds of other yeah. problems further down the line. 
But yeah, it's, it's not you're gonna you're not gonna call in sick with varicose veins. Freaky legs. I'm gonna try that. My legs hey, Charlie, I can't come in today. Spider mm, veins. Bad leg yeah. day. Um, you're right. Okay, so let's first. And there's a lot of different things that can create this, but first, let's talk about the one that might be most apparent to our listeners who heard our cellulite episode, because uh, these issues can be close related. Uh, in the underlying cause in that regard for some people. So let's kind of revisit the cellulite a little bit and, and we'll kind of talk about how this can, um, compare to the varicose veins. And one thing that's important to understand is that, uh, you know, arteries are lined with these muscles that contract and that kind of help blood flow through them, but veins don't have those muscles on the walls to help them contract. And so, they have to kind of be moved through muscular movements and such. But veins do have these little valves in them that kind of, they're like a one-way valve that keep blood flowing in the right direction. And each, if you just think about the valve as two little sticks coming together from the side, from each side of the vein. Like so, one side of the vein has a little stick coming off and the other side of the vein has a little stick coming off. And then this is kind of like a valve that keeps blood flowing the same way. But what happens is these valves can get damaged. And especially if they're not repairing and rebuilding correctly, um, then the flow of the blood can start going the wrong direction. And then blood can start to pool in the veins and then the vein walls start to expand and it gets bigger and they bulge and then it causes all kinds of other trouble too just from that malfunction. So before we get to other causes of varicose veins, let's look at some structural things and we kind of need to go back to that cellulite conversation to talk about, okay, why are the walls of the veins not strong or why are these um, uh, valves not working correctly or not repairing themselves? Because a lot of people have this... Uh, argument of, okay, is it the valve that's malfunctioning, causing blood to pool there and then causing an expansion of that vein in size uh, to bulge and all that kind of stuff? Or is it that the vein walls are not very strong, so they're bulging too easily, and then that bulging causes the valves to move and not function correctly? So it's kind of a chicken and egg thing, and I don't know what it is, but uh, it might not matter once you look at hey, you need to do things that can strengthen those walls and help things like broken valves repair themselves. So let's talk a little bit about that, Will, and kind of refresh what we talked about with the cellulite and those um, layers of skin and fat cells not being strong and easily pushed upon to create that dimpling and everything. Yeah. So I'd say that there's a couple different things that can be going on because it's what we what we need to look at is like the system of blood circulation. We have to have healthy capillaries and veins. So that includes not only the blood itself being healthy and fluid and having the strength to flow and being free of like plaque and debris, but also the tunnels that the blood flows through these capillaries and veins also have to stay the right size and shape and tensile strength so that the blood can move the way it should and not get stopped. When we have things like inflammation of the walls of the capillaries, 
Um, if you listen to our other episode the other day with Gerald Pollock on, he talked about, or Jerry Pollock. Jerry, he calls him Jerry. Jerry. Call him Jerry. Um, he talked about how already the way it's normally in a healthy situation, the capillaries are smaller than the blood cells and the blood cells have to literally squeeze through and it takes a lot of force for them to fit through. So that is one thing already. It's like, it's a tight system. Now imagine you add inflammation to the capillary walls. Right. Those, if those cells are swollen, now what? Now like you're going to really try to cram that blood cell through even further. Like, and it doesn't always work out if it's, if there's inflammation. So one of the big things we want to look at is what are the normal causes of inflammation that can dilate these cells that make up the wall lining of the capillaries? Um, and there's a, there's a number of different things that can contribute to inflammation in that, in that soft tissue area. So I want to spend a lot of time talking about yeah, Let's come about back to that. Things. That's probably the most important thing, but let's hit yeah. the cellulite so people can get yeah. that connection. So with, with cellulite, like we need the proteins of our cells to have what they need to form right and to function right. So the forming right requires certain raw materials and the function right requires certain metabolic properties so that the cells are making energy in the proper way and that they have what they need to be constructed healthfully and that they don't have things that get in the way of either of those things, either their metabolic function or their structure. So in the cellulite issue uh, episode, we talked about what are some of these uh, bare raw materials and we talked about the strong benefits of including lots of gelatin and collagen-rich proteins in your diet as well as lots of saturated fats, cholesterol sources, and vitamin C. These are all things that were helpful in the raw material construction and also some also influencing the beneficial hormonal imbalance, like the amino acids that make up collagen and gelatin, very helpful to the metabolic performance of these cells. So those are some of the main points, and vitamin C being a, an important raw material that's right. used to help with the crosslinks that collagen needs to make. So those were some of like the, the basic elements of what these cells are made of. And then there's a lot of stuff to talk about with the metabolic performance of these cells to make sure that they maintain the right size and shape, which is very critical and, you know, um, is related to their functionality of making these nice, uh, appropriately sized walls for the blood to flow through. Right. So let's clarify this just a little bit um, because uh, we were using this example in the cellulite episode because we were talking about that. Um, for a lot of people, the the layers of the skin and the and the layers of the fat are um, those walls are not strong enough. So when fat expands or something causes you know something like toxins are storing in those fat cells, they expand and then they push up on that skin that's very thin and weak, and it creates that dimpling that causes the cellulite. So uh, that was happening because the body didn't have enough resources to rebuild that those layers correctly as it should. So that can be a similar issue when we're looking at the vein walls or the valves in the veins, uh, if you don't have the building blocks to do that. So the way that most people eat, we can think of it like they're eating enough to receive the bricks to build a house. But if you tried to build a house with just bricks – it's it's not going to go well for very long <laughs> because there's all this mortar stuff that kind of makes all the bricks stick together. And then there's all these other, you know, poles and things that use as a foundation. And so 
the way that most people eat, uh, we don't bring in all of those other cofactors that the body needs to rebuild all of these structural things correctly and they can start to kind of fall apart and not work correctly and all kinds of trouble can happen and these varicose veins or spider veins is just one of those troubles. So when we talk about things like bone broth and gelatin and collagen, um, those are good sources for all of these cofactors that the body needs to actually rebuild things correctly. So uh, when we look at the comparison to that, taking those steps could improve a lot of people's issues with varicose veins just as well, uh, especially when we look at the vitamin C thing um, and things like, you know, vitamin P, you know, and cofactors of all those bioflavonoid things too that help with capillary fragility and all those things. When people are missing those things, that's bad enough. You know, keep in mind that humans and guinea pigs and primates are the only mammals that can't make their own vitamin C. All the other animals can just, hey, I just made some. Look, I just made it. I'm awesome. Mm -hmm. But we can't do that and we have to get it from our food and our food sucks. So we need to find whole sources of vitamin C. Do you want to talk about what it, you know, because a lot of people just will buy junk vitamin C at the store and think they're getting vitamin C that their body can use to repair things with. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't really take like a ton of vitamin C. Like when we, when we look at the amount of vitamin C in an orange compared to like amount of uh, vitamin C, you might buy it like a Costco cheapy ascorbic acid vitamin. It's like a thousand times as many milligrams of vitamin C in the Costco brand, but it's not really vitamin C as a whole. It's ascorbic acid, which is an essential component that we can't make as humans, but there's all these other things that go along with vitamin C in nature that help us use it. So when we supplement with like a, a cheap ascorbic acid, uh, we will use up whatever other cofactors we have to s properly synthesize that vitamin C and make it part of our cells. But we can end up running out of those additional cofactors. So at first, the ascorbic acid might fulfill the need. But then once we run out of the other things we need to help process that, then we just got a bunch of vitamin C we start peeing out. Right. So. And, and so you have to find a whole food source of vitamin C. Like we use one from Empirical Labs called bio C a lot. Um, we also use uh, the cherry. What's the one that you really like? Yeah. So there's acerola cherry. Right, right. We put that in complete in our, our complete protein product. It's also very easy to buy in bulk online these days. And uh, camu camu is another very vitamin C rich whole food form source. You can get in powder form. And um, that's it's a pretty bitter thing, the camu camu, but there, you don't have to use much to get way more than the amount of vitamin C you need. Also, you want to think about the other dietary factors that are present and toxic factors in our modern world, like carbon monoxide and cigarettes and such, that will deplete our vitamin C. So, right. So some people may not need a lot of vitamin C, but if there's a lot of toxicity going on in the body, they're using up any vitamin C that they're getting just to deal with those toxins and the body never gets to like, hey, I wanted to build some stuff. How yeah. come I don't get any? It's like, sorry, we got to put out this fire. Right. So, so I... I love to use whole foods for my nutrients, but I also know sometimes uh, we're doing so many bad things that we have to super compensate. And other times there's a convenience factor and there's other times when you want to like supercharge your diet. So these other supplements with using like a camu camu or acerola cherry powder uh, can really help just make sure that you're getting what you need in that. And there's, I don't know if there's a, a toxic amount of 
whole food form vitamin C that you could do. Maybe you could take I too much of it. thought you like peed it out if you don't use it. Like your body just gets rid of it or something. It, it actually does a lot of the time. That's why your pee gets real pretty if you take a lot of ascorbic acid. Mm. Yeah. Um, it gets real bright yellow. And, and so that could happen. But, you know, keep it, it can also create bowel intolerance mm. when you use too much. And keep in mind that we do absolutely use ascorbic acid for a lot of uses like when someone's constipated or we need to lower urine pH or something like that, but we don't use it to replenish vitamin C in the body. Yeah, it's different. And I think maybe just to like flush out the connection so people can get back to the main subject, vitamin C helps two particular amino acids in collagen form appropriate crosslinks. And without that, they don't form that crosslink. So instead of like a shirt, you get like thread. You know, and how, how well would thread work as a shirt? Like right. So not- it's like the difference between my shirt and your shirt right now. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, I mean, that's why, like, if you were to, like, pet a pirate or someone that had a vitamin C deficiency, it was like in, with scurvy, you know, out on the, in the, the ocean for a long time, their flesh would just fall off. Like, string would, like, fall off as opposed to, like, a t shirt because those cross links are essential. So, it's not the only thing, but it's an example of what we mean, what we're talking about with the structural integrity. So when we look at that as a macro thing, like scurvy, yuck, your nose fell off, that's gross. But on a smaller level, these, these minute nutrients. Inside things can be kind of falling apart. Yeah. Like at the, like at that close, not even like molecular, yeah, molecular, but like just microscopic or even looking close at your skin, like the tissue itself is losing some of its tensile strength and integrity. Uh, in those sort of deficiencies. There's other things that can be causing inflammation that can also cause this problem, but this is a piece of the puzzle for some people. And it's worth recognizing that I think that that was our first pirate re- pirate reference yeah, yeah. on the show. Okay. And I didn't know, I thought scurvy was something like with your gums. I didn't know it would Well, your gums will fall apart. Like all your tissue will start to uh, fall apart. Uh, okay. So note, don't have yeah, scurvy. Don't get scurvy. Okay. <laughs> Susie. Yay, an element I don't have, braggart. Good job, Susie. Well, I think I remember Susie talking about a lot of issues that she was dealing with, so I think she's excited just to see something that she doesn't have to worry about. Most of my issues are things you can see. You know, I mean, come on. Why can't I just have things that are secret? You want some hidden Yeah, some I hidden want thing? hidden issues, not things that you see. Okay, Shelly from Abbotsford, British Columbia. Have had these since I had my son seven years ago. What should I do? So let's look at that. Cause, Blame you know, your son. Yeah. Let's look at what can your son do to make up for this now. Yeah. Certainly you have him mowing the lawn by now. He's seven. Um, what else could we do to uh, have this Is son make Is it like a pressure up? thing? Is it like uh, – because, you know, when I was in high school, I had these and I was cheerleading. And I was pounding on that and I was way, way, way smaller than I am now. So, but I was constantly pounding, and I would, you know, I thought that that's maybe what they what caused them because I had them way back then. On my well, they head. do say that a lot of times, like people who are on their feet a lot, will get with them, and they they kind of look at that connection. And not that I uh, have seen a lot of great information with that connection, but it, it does seem to be there a lot. So there could be a factor of just putting stress on your legs or something like that. Maybe Will will have something to add to that. But uh, one thing that's interesting is that you do see varicose veins a lot of times with pregnant women. And when we think about a woman becoming pregnant, so many of her resources is going towards building this whole other human that hopefully will eventually mow the lawn. But to build that human takes a lot of resources. So 
the woman ends up getting a lot fewer of those resources, and then that would make sense that these issues that would come up that we talk about where walls of the veins are not strong enough or, uh, um, you know, the valves are not working correctly. And you'll also see that when we talk about some of these other possible causes, that those could be apparent in a pregnant woman as well. Um, Great. So, if I ever have a kid, I'm going to look like a roadmap, y'all. Yeah. So when a lot of women have kids, and we don't know how many kids Shelly has, but she said that it happened when her kid was seven. I really don't think it had anything to do with his birthday. But No, since I had my son when mm-hmm. he went. Seven years ago, so, she had her son. So since she had her son, she's had him. Oh, okay. So, cool. Uh, so yeah. So a lot of women, once they have a kid and they they become ultra depleted of those nutrients, now all of a sudden they don't have enough nutrients to make their own HCL and create proper digestion. So they get stuck in this cycle of no resources because they don't have the resources to digest their food correctly. So now they can't pull resources out of the food that they're eating and replenish their resources. So they just kind of get stuck. And, um, and then problems like this, and there may be a lot of other problems that she's dealing with as well. And this is just one of them, but you can't really get out of that cycle and fix any of them if you don't have the tools that the body needs to fix the stuff. I think, um, in addition to that and the addition of like breastfeeding and like all the nutrients that go out with that, there's also a huge hormonal shift that happens after you have your baby. So during pregnancy, you you have lots of elevated female hormones, but also progesterone that protects the embryo as it grows. And then right after you have the baby, the progesterone levels go way back down, but estrogen levels stay very high. And this this brings me to like the main complicated thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good segue. It, about it, it almost is, but I wanted I wanted to include Mary's question in this too. Okay, well, just footnote: estrogen, inflammation, cellular respiration. I want to talk right. about that. Okay, Mary. Oh, oh, I skipped Sheree. We're going back to Sheree okay. in a minute. Uh-huh. Okay, uh, Mary. Mine seem to get worse around my period. Are they related? Yes. Well, so yeah, so look at what happens. There's a couple things there. And the first one is that around a period, your body has a lot of those resources go towards the period. But also in a woman's woman's cycle, there are big spikes and crashes of estrogen that happen through that thing. So I wanted to include this part in our talk about estrogen and inflammation and all those kind of things. Yeah, perfect. Stress. Yeah, I would say pretty much exactly the same topic, just more severe like right after a baby. With estrogen elevated, we we want to understand that estrogen is not just like a feminizing hormone, like we're kind of like brought up to think about it. Like, oh, it's kind of like the girl's version of testosterone. No, it's not. It's a stress hormone. It's much more like cortisol than it is like the the opposite of testosterone. So when we see stress hormones elevated, we want to think about those activating different metabolic processes of energy production than regular mode. So like in stress mode, instead of performing regular cellular respiration, which we've talked about a good bit in previous episodes, where within regular cellular respiration, our cells use thyroid hormone and oxygen and carbon dioxide and glucose, and they create uh, a good amount of ATP, like a significant amount. Carbon dioxide is also made in the process and, um, and water. 
And with that, the cells get to maintain their normal size and shape and organization of the proteins and water molecules inside them. Like they, it creates like a nice electrical dynamic. We talked a lot about this with Jerry Pollock on the other day. When there's a lot of ATP, it like negatively charges the cells and that charges the proteins and the water within the cell and it creates this nice structure like a well-made jello mold. Like it came out just how you want, just with Tony's face, like for his birthday. This jello mold looks exactly like you want it. That's when things That's what are... I want for my birthday. Right. There's <laughs> a big jello mold of my face. Right. <laughs> so imagine like and then I want all of you to eat it. Right. Eat my face. <laughs> right. So imagine like a healthy cell. Uh, and then that, that jello is conductive. It's got a nice negative charge to it. So it keeps everything moving right. Water is organized really well. And it's, it's great. So that's in regular cellular respiration. But say we also decided we wanted to make a, like a savory jello. So we added like a ton of salt or something like that. That totally changed the recipe and it screwed up the whole thing. So when we have elevated stress hormones that are like stimulating and interfering with regular cellular respiration instead of our nice normal healthy jelly mold where we've got that nice charge lots of atp and water structured water that's just what we want instead we get way less atp and instead of making carbon dioxide and plenty of atp we get a lot of lactate and ammonia and calcium gets pulled into the cells and water gets totally disorganized so our jelly mold totally like it totally screws up. It, it gets all bloated and disorganized. It's all mushy. And that very much happens to the, like the proteins and the water inside the cell. So the cell will swell. Like that calcium that gets brought into the cell um, pulls extra water into it in a disorganized way. So we don't have our nice structured water jelly mold anymore. Instead, we have this big bloated blob that doesn't have the right negative ionic charge in it and has all this extra water pulled into it. So now we have a very unfunctional cell. And when we think about that as one of the cells that line the capillaries, now we got a problem. The cell is leaking out its normal proteins and its normal potassium that it likes to retain all in this disorganized way. And it's pulling in all this extra water and all mushy and it changes the whole shape and structure and functionality of the cell. And now blood is supposed to flow through that swollen floppy mess that doesn't have the right charge. And now that, now we can see how that, that energetic alteration really interferes with blood flow. Right, especially if, you know, in a vein where there isn't that muscular wall contraction to help it move along and and uh, especially if all of a sudden valves are not working correctly to keep it all moving in the right direction. So all of that happens. Now here's, let's take a step back and because a lot of people will be saying like, okay, what does that mean for me though? How do I even do anything with that information? And one thing that's fun about uh, the self-test that we teach in our books and in our free four-week digestion course is that a lot of you, a lot of those tests can give you clues of things that might be going horribly wrong that can contribute to that malfunction. Because Will was talking earlier about for proper cellular respiration, we need um, glucose, CO2, um, thyroid, hormone. thyroid hormone. And so when you look at the main test that we look at, um, when you see things out of whack, it can be creating a problem with any one of those things that's creating like a, a, a chink in the armor that doesn't allow everything to function correctly. So um, instead of having to understand all of that stuff that Will just explained, your job as a human can just be, okay, I can look at my blood pressure and I can see from these numbers that it's way off. So now I can just take steps 
to start moving that in the right direction. I can see that my breath rate is nowhere near uh, right, so I know that I I must not be having enough CO2 for things to function, so I can work on that. So it's these simple tests that you can look at your own physiology and then work to improve those to bring the body back to balance, and then a lot of things can just start working correctly. Um, so it doesn't have to be as complicated as understanding how everything works. It's just understanding, hey, what's going way wrong with me and other things that I can do to start at least pushing me in the right direction. Cool. Let's go back to Cherie. All right, Cherie, yay. I love how you pop up with stuff that I can, that I hardly even register as an issue. For me, they're a bit ugly, but not painful. I was always told they're from crossing my legs and restricting blood flow. Any truth to that? Yeah, I've been told that too. Yeah, and you know, that's a very popular thing. And it's also, you also hear that you don't see people in third world countries with varicose veins because they sit on the floor and we sit in chairs. And if you move people from a third world country to our environment and they start to sit on chairs, then they get varicose veins. But they're not looking at the fact that they're also changing everything that they're eating and moving all the other factors, all the other factors that <laughs> like go all, along, all along with uh, being the horrible humans that we do with the way that we feed ourselves and uh, nutrient poor situations and do things that sh shut off digestion completely and all this other horrible stuff um, beyond doing the the chair the foolish sitting in a chair trick right yeah it's not exactly a controlled study <laughs> but i do think uh, there's something too like if you do do things that cut off circulation or also like even postural imbalances like if you're not using certain muscles they'll get less uh, stimulus and demand so that's that's a piece of it i do uh, i do think it has a lot more to do with the energy production stuff we were just talking about and resources right and resources to rebuild and repair things that aren't functioning correctly and, and the thing that's interesting is about the chair thing is that i kind of view it as things like that like the sitting in a chair or the standing too long and bouncing because you're a cheerleader whatever the things are i think that all of those issues could magnif magnify and exacerbate issues that are there but I think that the initial malfunction has to be there for those to actually cause the problem. I don't think those things alone would be enough to create the problem. Yeah, because then I also waited tables for 10 years. I was really heavy. But if I'm also like, you know, depleted, then that makes sense that that would acerbate it. Yeah. But riddle me this. Acerbate it or exacerbate it. Exacerbate it. I say that every single acerbated. time. Just <laughs> uh, trying to swear without swearing. I'm from Texas. Um, but riddle me this, and this may be a little off point, but what is there a connection with like diabetes or sugar or anything like that? Because I read this article. It said some connection with it. But then also my grandmother had diabetes, and she had a ton of spider veins on her legs. So. Well, think about what Will was saying. You know, not only is uh, – the diabetes is creating this higher level of sugar, which creates all types of inflammation, bacterial issues, yeah. all this kind of problems. Um, but the cells are not getting any glucose because they're resistant to that. So now we're creating more problems with uh, the cellular respiration function and yeah. such. No, it's exactly the same thing we were just talking about, just diabetes being a more severe manifestation of the cell's having difficulty making energy. So whether it can be from different things, it could be from 
too many polyunsaturated fats in their diet or too much starch developing insulin resistance. Like there's multiple. Another thing to look at is that all that sugar's in there, but the body's still saying, hey, I need more sugar. I'm not getting any. So then the body starts to break down tissue to, to create glucose through gluconeogenesis. So it could even be breaking down the walls of veins or valves and yeah. all this structural stuff that's needed for things to function correctly. Yeah, and extremities on diabetes, you know, like their nerve endings and all that. Sure. Like, that's playing a part of it too. Yeah, all those cells are subject to that. They all need to be able to make energy and they all will get, and they all deteriorate and inflame when they don't have the ability to maintain that normal energy production cycle. So, yeah, like we'll see retinal deterioration and diabetes as well as like failure of uh, like circulation is a big thing in diabetes, not only because the red blood cells are less functional, but because all those capillaries are inflamed and it's restricting circulation to, you know, to get blood out to them. Mm -hmm. You know, another thing that we haven't touched on is that women seem to have this problem more than men do. It's another ripoff for certain. What the heck? I know, right? Get it all. Yeah. Women get it all, except for erectile dysfunction. That's mm-hmm. the only thing we don't well, get. Well, that still affects them. <laughs> it does. <laughs> yes, it does. Uh, so, but let's re- kind of review this from the cellulite issue is that, you know, women have all of this s- stuff that needs to function, all these extra reproductive organs and important way things fancier, way fancier we have one fancy thing and it's not even in our body really so you guys have all this stuff that needs resources to rebuild repair it's like a priority to the female body to where you know the tissues and veins and the legs and extremities and stuff like that may not be as vital to the body's survival so when resources are low it, it could move a lot of those uh, uh resources it would be used to repair, you know, those things like skin layers. And that's why women have more cellulite because it's all those resources are going toward the important stuff. Um, so I don't think that it's that women are getting ripped off. They just have more things that are important that are become a priority when resources are low. And this is just one of the... Experientially, though, you are ripped off. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we do make 30% less than men right. in most well. cases. I'm glad that's not today's show. I definitely, <laughs> I definitely get 30% less dinners bought for me, though, ah, if not 100% yeah. less. But you might get 30% more dinners made for you. Wow. Yeah, that doesn't happen for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're writing a cookbook, so we get help. Right, yeah. All right. Uh, Donna from Saraville, New Jersey. Are spider veins related to rosacea? I don't know about related, but I mean, couldn't the, the underlying cause be, yeah, distant cousin, couldn't the underlying cause be similar and causing the same kind of yeah. issue? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a fan, there's a fantastic article by Ray Pete called Rosacea, and he has another one called Leakiness, Aging, oh, and Cancer. <laughs> that doesn't sound pretty. Leakiness. It's cellular leakiness, oh, more okay. yeah, <laughs> leakiness, aging, and cancer. But he also has one specifically on rosacea. And it's very much about this same thing happening on your face. And it's causing angiogenesis, like growth of new tissues, right? So rosacea, it starts off with just like this red and flame, but it can actually lead to tissue growth. So like your nose will start to grow. I forget, it's like potato nose is the term for it. But people will treat their face with lasers also. And Ray Pete makes an interesting point where he talks about how when it's happening on your face, face it's treated just as like an aesthetic change like, oh that's weird but if you had like a weird tissue growth somewhere else it's like oh that's cancer yeah. like right 
And it's like, well, it's the same thing. It's just like how we've decided to like categorize this. Mm -hmm. So we have this weird, uncontrolled sort of tissue growth inflammation. It, it boils down to like very much the same problems that we're looking at. And there's lots of different causes of cancer, but when we're looking at inflammation and tissue growth, we want to look at, you know, to get out of like the scary diagnoses and into a more empowering stance, we want to look at, well, what can we do about this? How can we help support the health of the cells and reduce the known causes of inflammation, which is doing the stuff that we're talking about, making sure your digestion is good, that you're able to eat enough protein and assimilate it and the right kinds of proteins and fats and carbs, all the different nutrients that you need, and leaving out the things that stress the body, like things that elevate toxicity or um, elevate stress hormones or block energy production like nitric oxide and heavy metals and things like that. So we just want to try to keep doing all the right things to support cellular respiration and to support the resources that our body needs so that our cells can just stay healthy and functional. But that's a really great article if you want to check it out on rapeat.com. It's titled Rosacea. And, and those things are so important because those are the things that allow the body to rebuild itself properly. And that's kind of what we're hitting here. And just to reiterate... Uh, Will did not mean that if you have spider veins or rosacea that you have cancer. No, I didn't. Mean I was about to go, I've got yeah. cancer. I've got diabetes. I'm dying right now. I thought it was just a spider vein. Cut off my feet <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So that's not the same thing. So. No, it's it's not the same thing. But um, the when we look at those different conditions, we want to see like what are the things that we can do something about, you know? And when we understand these things about cellular respiration and energy production and the nutrients we need, it can it can give us a more empowering stance and just be like, I don't know, laser, cut it off. Well, yeah. is laser, okay, does laser affect, I'm sure it affects you, but is it doing something very, very harmful to you, the laser work, when you do things like that? Like, I don't, th I don't think it's that harmful. And I don't it think we know enough yet, and I think it'll be a long time before we really do. Yeah, it's definitely harmful to that particular tissue. Like, it definitely destroys it's the tissue. It's or whatever. Yeah, um... But it's uh, it is probable that it will come back, and it's definite that there's a systemic issue, you know, of like what else you need. That's to a work, good point, you know. I mean, just because that symptom is happening because some stuff is going wrong, and you can really remove that symptom with uh, a laser, you know, kind of thing, but. There's still stuff going wrong. Yeah, I mean, like if you got lasered, you should also be working on, like you said, the underlying problem. Yeah, like if someone told me like, uh, you know, I want to take on the nutritional aspect and fix the root problem, but I also want to aesthetically deal with this bit now, like uh -huh. I wouldn't be too worried about it. You know, I, I, I think some people might want to take a more holistic route and just be like, I'm just going to work on nutrition and see if I can fix it that way. And then like if it's still a problem – Maybe I'll do a little treatment, but I know like holistically what else I need to do is really focus on correcting my nutrition. I'll be relatively comfortable with that approach. I don't think it's as detrimental or as potentially damaging as something like chemotherapy. You yeah. Know? As was this light aesthetic laser treatment. It is damaging to the cells like what it does, but I you know I don't think it's going to cause any major systemic issue, but I, you know, as Tony said, we don't know enough about it yet. Yeah, and another interesting point is that when you look at uh, varicose veins, a lot of times the person will also have liver toxicity issues, which goes a lot along with what we've been saying about um, the body is dealing with all of these toxins, using up all the vitamin C to deal with those toxins and creating all this other trouble that's keeping the body from doing the repairs processes that it needs to do. So we teach a lot about 
helping the liver function correctly by improving bile flow and all those kind of things. So even just removing liver toxicity and uh, systemic toxicity really can help the body start moving in the right direction. But let's cover this last question and then let's get into a little bit of, you know, a few steps that people can take to start seeing some improvement. All right. Adam, whilst on the subject of veins, I know this is a, is deviating a little bit. I used to have very pronounced veins in my forearms and biceps. Where do they go? How do I get them back? It doesn't matter how lean I get either. They still don't show. So that though, you know, the most obvious thing is that, um, you know, adding muscle can cause those veins to stick out more and losing fat makes the skin layer thinner so that those stick out more. So a combination of those things is uh, the most apparent cause. And maybe you're getting lean, but you're not so lean that your skin is, you know, losing that layer of fat in your skin. Um, but are there other issues that could make the veins actually larger or maybe leaning too far and uh, sympathetic or something like that that's causing something to expand or contract? Does that show up on the outside at all? Well, I would think that there's a difference between the adaptive response that you get like from doing a bunch of bicep curls than there is from varicose veins. Like I think we're dealing with something very different metabolically, I think. Oh, yeah, there's totally di- – yeah, he said yeah. he's diverting a little yeah, bit from varicose veins. But- yeah, so – when he, I would, I don't know. Did he change his workout routine? Like, did he used to do a lot of like stuff that would help grow? Because I'm, I'm imagining when I when I hear this question, I'm thinking like he liked those. He liked having bicep veins and forms, and maybe he was working out more, and now he's like feeling flatter and lost them. Am, am I misreading that? Is that no? He's saying no matter how lean he gets now, I mean they're gone. He used to have he used to have pronounced veins, but yeah. now they're gone. So he liked them, right? So I would look at like. Are you still working out? And if you're not, maybe try starting working out again to develop them. And then if you are working out and they're still not showing up, I would look at uh, our our distinctions that we make around imbalances related to electrolyte deficiencies and uh, slow or fast oxidizers like carb or fat burners. Because I would think maybe you're depleted of electrolytes or maybe your blood sugar is unstable and it's not allowing you to develop like a solid pump when you do a workout or maybe you're not working out, or maybe you're not working out hard enough, or maybe you're not working out in a way that really increases the blood flow demand to your arms, because that's what's going to generate. I also wonder if, um, you know, the thickness of your blood could affect that. You know, if a long time ago he was able to eat a lot more carbs and have glucose running through his veins all the time, um, I wonder if that would thicken his blood and cause any kind of expansion there. I, I I don't know, but that makes sense in my head as to where now, as he leans out, he might find that he can't eat those kind of carbs and be lean at the same time. And I wonder if that would make his blood less thick. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of factors in there. What is your blood pressure? All that kind of stuff that might help you look at that, but just something to think about. Yeah, I would think like the more stable his blood pressure and blood sugar are, and even if it's a little on the higher side, you'd be more prone to generating larger veins when you do workouts than someone who's electrolyte deficient. So I'm going to choose my answer for that to be, I don't know. Okay. That's what I'm going to choose. I have a couple, sorry, that I, I should have asked and stuff. but okay. Um, okay, so like, you know, you see sometimes alcoholics have them on their nose. Is that I mean, an alcohol an issue? Also, like I have them on my face, spider veins. So like could it be a sun issue, sun damage? Um, you know, and like when they do go away, what are you like getting rid of them? Are you paying them out or are they just disappearing? 
and going back into your body away well, from the top of your skin. A lot of times when you see that stuff, it's just the wall is so thin that you're seeing what's going on. So I need to thicken the skin. Of, yeah, so like, or the uh, or the walls of, of those veins. But there was also some other stuff that Ray Pete was talking about, how things discolor when the oxygen utilization is not functioning correctly. And I wonder if that happens a lot with spider veins as well. But you're not fixing something and then the spider veins you know, leave your out. body. Yeah. You're just you changing the structure them. and so you're changing the visual appearance of them. Um, yeah. Same with the varicose things where it's bulging. You're not getting rid of those veins. You're just correcting things so that they're not bulging from blood accumulating in that area. Because I used to think I'm just so wide I can see things, but they're like in patches. Yeah. So why in just patches and not, yeah. you know? Yeah, he has um – he has one article where he talks about how he's a portrait artist recreationally, mm-hmm. and he was very familiar with like the blue pallor of certain women. Like when he's like, he never really saw like a blue pallor on someone's face when it was a guy or like a woman away from her period. But like when estrogen ev- levels are elevated, the blood gets less oxygen. And so people will develop a more blue coloring to them because that oxygen plays blood. blue right now. Um, but it's the same. It's the same thing related with with diabetes, or when we look, it's not exactly the same thing. What's happening at the cellular level if it's diabetes or elevated estrogen? But it's it's creating the same problem of inflammation and weakness of the cell and disorganization of the proteins and water inside the cell. So that, that leads us pretty well, I think, to the steps that we might let's, want to let's recommend. talk about some steps and things that people can do right away. Um, and of course, the most important thing is fixing digestion so that you can have nutrients. Yeah. You want to keep talking? Yeah. So one of the main things around that is protein, not only because like your cells are made of it, but also hormonally, like we need to be able to access that for our thyroid to run right <clears throat> and for our body to have more stable blood sugar. So we can, because we can make or make sugars from proteins in a very stable way that can help support our blood sugar and energy production. And also without enough protein, we uh, our thyroid won't run right. So without digestion, we can't get right. protein. So it's not just a matter of eating it. You have to digest it. Yeah, too. you have to assimilate it. And then we also want to look at like what are the hormonal impacts that we're having on our body and how can we benefit that by proper food choices. And that's where gelatin and collagen become very helpful not only because they're these building blocks, but also because hormones are proteins and the proteins that comprise, the amino acids that comprise the proteins of collagen and gelatin have a calming, soothing effect and a cytoprotective or cellularly protective effect on our tissues. So they can help reduce, like glycine, the main amino acid in collagen and gelatin, can help reduce the stress impact of uh, stress hormones like cortisol and estrogen and protect our cells and help maintain that proper um, cellular respiration process, which is the key to eliminating inflammation and deterioration of the cell structure. And so a really great way to get that, which is basically free, you just do it yourself, is to make actual bone broth. And we'll put on the show notes at kickitinthenuts.com when you click on the radio show and go to the show notes. For this show, we'll put the link to our recipe that we use. But um, you know, that's something that we don't get today is all of the the connective tissue and collagen and all that stuff in the bones that our grandparents used to – they put an animal that they ate into the soup and they make soup out of it and they get all of those nutrients. We don't do that anymore. So this is a great way to do that. And for people who 
don't have the time or I just like, I'm not going to make a soup. You can also cheat and use our, the protein powder that we made. The protein powder that we made accidentally has all the stuff in it already, all the collagen and all of the whole food form of vitamin C to give your body all that repair stuff. So that can be a good way to cheat. You can also uh, make jello. Just kind of fun. <laughs> Bill Cosby ruined Jello for me. Oh. Every time you've talked about him, well, don't make the Jello yeah. brand one that you buy at the Man. grocery store. That's not going to have the same <laughs> benefit. But I, if you get what's the brand that we like, Alanda, uh Great Lakes Great Gelatin. Lakes Gelatin. Mm. It has a good bovine source of of Jello where you can make your own Jello, um, and it's not expensive. So that's really rad. Um, what else? And so there is one other. Th- oh, but like. But as far as the bone broth, though, that's pretty good, much good for everybody except people with like an iron overload. Good point. Good point to make is that if somebody has an iron overload, then they don't want to use marrow bones um, in the bone broth they make. You'd want to use more like chicken feet and more connective uh, chicken stuff like that and other bones that are not marrow. Yeah. What about ribs, like spare ribs? Would that work? I don't know. But I like ribs; they're delicious. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you if you if you're looking for delicious, then go that route yeah. for for the ribs. Um, there is one other supplement that I have heard of people having success with it with this with varicose veins, um, and it's called colonsonia root, and some people call it stone root. Um, but just understand, and people use it sometimes for hemorrhoids too, which is a similar situation actually. Uh, the, as the varicose veins. It's just a bulging vein out of your butt. Yeah, huh? it's just in the butt. Um, so, uh, but keep in mind that this is something that you use like away from food with a lot of water and it's used as a stool softener. So if you already have a loose stool, you don't want to mess with this at all. But the idea is that it helps, um, uh, supply more building blocks to the vein walls and it's supposed to be good for that. And, and I, I've seen success with one client with it, but it's not, I don't, I haven't seen, I haven't used it a lot. I just hear of other people having success with it. So yeah. it can be something worth trying, but you still want to get the foundational things going. Yeah. I would also try to like, try not to get caught up with one supplement doing the thing. Yeah, it's not, yeah. you're not going to look, have It'd a magic. A combo, probably. Yeah. It may actually be the case that, oh, you have a, you have a vitamin C deficiency. You're doing everything else in the world right and you actually just need a, that's not common. Common, though. you're going to hit the nail yeah. on the head. It's yeah. possible, you know. Um, and but when you, you test yourself, you can get an idea of, oh, this is way out of whack. I should yeah. do some things for that direction. Yeah, that can be, that can be really helpful. Um, and, other things that you'd want to look at are like, are where does your body sit in relation to the different imbalances that we talk about? Like, are you in a catabolic imbalance, for example? That would be a really big thing to know. And then you can take all the steps that we talk about to help correct a catabolic imbalance uh, and you'll likely see improvements. So if you're looking for like, you know, some sort of bearing of like, well, what do I work on? There's all these different things I could do. I could take collagen. I could take vitamin E. I could take, gel- you know, gelatin or vitamin C. What is it? It's like, let's do your self test, figure out where your body is in and out of balance. Make sure you're getting the base foods that we talk about. I have a, I have a lesson on that too on our product website on natural selection nutritionals. There's a free course there if you want to check it out. And there's one called like base meal plan where we talk about these, some of these foundational foods that we kind of think of as appropriate for everyone. I think it's lesson number six. And you can, you can find that directly on the site if you go to the free course or click on course content at naturalselectionnutritionals.com. 
So feel free to check that out too to make sure you're getting the basis covered and then try to work on correcting whatever other imbalances you may detect through the different self-tests that we teach you how to do in our free course at kickinthenuts.com. And that, that should give you like a really good, um, more efficient way of going about it. Yeah, so send us some before and after pictures. We want to see how it goes. Yeah, and for all of our Kick It Naturally listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial so you can check out their service. Just go to kickitinthenuts.com forward slash audiobook to find the link so you Audible. can get uh, Tony's um, Kick Your Fat in the Nuts on there. So and you mm-hmm. can read up on that. And if you'd like to learn how to become a health coach or even just dig into more advanced teachings for yourself or your family, go to healthprocourse.com to learn about Tony and Will's course for coaches. Registration for this course only opens to the public for about a week at a time, so be sure to register for the coach newsletter so you'll be notified when the next registration opens. You'll find more info at healthprocourse.com. I think we finished all the things. We did, but we didn't say if you want to learn more about how to look at your own body <laughs> chemistry, <laughs> oh, you can read any of Tony's books or take the free four-week digestion course at kickinandlets.com or head on over to Will's page, mybodyofknowledge.net, and you'll find all kinds of great exercises, blogs, and nutritional information there. And he may have some pictures of himself, too, without a shirt. Yeah. So we'll see you next week when we talk about collecting spoons. Cool. <laughs> I know you